No, so here's a secret, and, and you know, teachers all over the world and professors and so forth, we try to learn as much from you as we try to teach you. You're listening to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, the only leadership podcast run by undergraduate students dedicated to helping undergraduate students lead in diverse fields. From people in diplomacy to entertainment, from CEOs to student leaders, we feature people from all walks of life. It's all part of the mission. Here at the Vecina Leadership Institute, we make leaders better. Welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. My name is Kayla Engel. And my name is Atlas Burns. And we will be your hosts. Today we welcome Dr. Stanton Brown as our guest today. Dr. Brown is the Executive Director of the Bucino Leadership Institute, and then prior to his position as Director, Dr. Brown has served as Executive Director at Northside Charter High School, Senior Director College Board, and worked in the business planning sector at American Express. He got his MBA at Harvard Business School and Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration from the University of Maryland. Hi, Dr. Brown, and welcome to the podcast today. Hello, <laughs> Kayla and Atlas. This is my first podcast ever, Ooh. not just here at uh, Seton Hall, so Ooh. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's all good. It's yeah. my first time, too. Yeah. Okay. So we're in this together. Yeah, we're very excited <laughs> for your big debut to be on the Leadership Podcast. Yeah. So just to get started, our first question is, you've had a wide range of professional experience from high schoolers to you know business administration. What made you want to get into this field specifically education-based? And also, what made you want to work with college students mm-hmm. hands-on at Bucino? Sure, thank you. Yeah, I sort of described my career that's been, been over... 30 years, I'm afraid to say so, but that's okay. With, with the sort of the first half was corporate, a little more than the first half. Corporate doing a, everything from management consultant to finance at American Express. Actually, I started in insurance. Oh, okay. Uh, underwriting, which is fascinating. Directing officers underwriting at a company called Chubb and Son, now part of Ace Insurance, but all, all that good stuff. And then shifted to education from the college board, which really was more strategy work as a management consultant, but fell in love with understanding education. So from K to all the way to higher ed. So I always wanted to end up in higher ed at some point, but my route sort of led me to the, the charter school sector for about eight or so years and doing school management operations. So now I'm here. So I you know, enjoy the intellectual pursuits just in general or just for myself, but definitely you come to a college, you're going to have a lot of intellectual pursuers, pursuees, and people who want to put stuff in your brain and get stuff out of you. So that that was attractive. And then just what the uniqueness of what the Pacino Institute is, you know, the four-year undergraduate certificate program across all the different majors and, and disciplines is sort of right for for me to come at the time. So what I wanted to do and then what was happening at Bacino sort of matched up at the right time. Okay, awesome. awesome. Sounds good. Good to hear it. And then do you think it's like a major difference working K through eight students versus college students in that kind of dynamic? I know you mentioned like intellectual attractiveness and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but do you think you're having more of an impact in each group? I, well, I think educators can have an impact with everyone, even, you know, adults and adult learning. There's a difference. You know, the little kids love you and they, they grab <laughs> you, then become middle schoolers and they don't like anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then they become high schoolers. And I've worked at all three and they, they, they're, they're a bit more practical practical, but you want to, you know, be able to influence them. And the, the joy of being in higher ed, so one is being at Seton Hall and, and Piscina, so we have highly capable students who are here. Mm-hmm. So that's a joy. Two, you're still malleable, right? And, and you might have heard that in, in my kickoff meetings or town hall, is that your major doesn't define yourself, and here's what we're going to do around leadership, and is it appropriate for everything that 
folks do. And whether I, I hope you guys believe me that you know this is 30 years of experience and coming at you, but it's true. I know it's true. It's trying to help you, you know, get along to have that understanding because I know it's not right in front of you. And you know, sort of the adults who have lived a bit and have gray hairs on your face and on your head <laughs> know that you can go many different ways. And so I enjoy that. And it's much more I can do with you as college students than as high school students, definitely as middle school students. You, you, you have a lot more agency in your lives. And so then we can work with you and say, go do this and then give you more responsibility. Okay, cool. Very Sounds insightful. good. So as leadership students, we've noticed that the Institute has changed over the past few years that we've been here. And we've also noticed that there have been improvements made, such as adding a town hall meeting and the new student council. So could you talk a little bit more about upcoming changes and events to the Institute you have made? Sure. There's more to come. Oh, but I'll, excited, hold, I'll hold on to yes. that. And, and partly mm-hmm. because, you know, the framework set up Jack Shannon, our professor Shannon was dean of the business school back in 1995, where he came up with this idea to do leadership and undergraduate level leadership training. And then Michael Reuter came in and put a curriculum, robust curriculum and a advisory board together. And so this father of leadership at Seton Hall, and he he mentors me, so I talk oh, to him maybe oh, twice yeah. a week, just to let you know. So there's yeah. a lot of Reuter-ism in me, and also Bocino-ism, <laughs> yes. because I also talk to him maybe have a couple of weeks, so Dr. Oh. Jerry Bocino, the sort of namesake of the Institute. We're constantly thinking of what's needed in the future, right, to get to our mission that is delivering experiential learning, leadership development through experiential learning, so that you can accelerate in whatever your chosen field is. So for you to be a to be able to accelerate, we need to know what's happening out there. And we really can't predict. There's a lot of going on, and COVID sort of accelerated it a, a bit, but there's a lot of changes that change how business and industry look, what the environment looks like politically, geopolitical stuff. And so that that we try to predict everything, but what skills do you need to be able to be effective workers and then leaders and then change agents? And so to do that, and you mentioned, yeah, we put in the town hall where we're really changing how the, I could tell you, how the junior and senior curriculum look like because it'd be much more experiential, less workshops in the class and more project-based work. We already have done the interdisciplinary stuff. You will continue to do that, but we're going to make it just more robust where you're using a lot more of your time to do it. Other elements of how to get you some of this material without having you sit in a classroom or in an auditorium. So we're working on it. I just got something today from someone else that really would change the game. But I'm not going to talk about that because it's almost so brand new. But we'll see if it fits. And the last thing I would say is that you are busy people. You not only have 18 credits a semester and a job and an internship. You work like you're doing now. You do. You run podcasts. You you play sports. You know, Division One sports here at Seton Hall, and you student govern and everything. So we also have to make sure that we can give you things that you can digest, right? So we don't overload you. But it's going to be good stuff, and it's going to be a lot. There's, there's rigor in it, but just stay tuned. So we'll have to do a second podcast. I can tell you, okay, here's exactly yes. maybe end of the semester or beginning of next semester, and it's like. Here's, yeah. what's, here's what's new to you. Awesome. I'm excited for what's to come, aren't you, Kayla? Yeah, no, me too. All this fun, like, top secret stuff. I'm excited to see how it pans mm-hmm. out. So I just wanted to ask, I'm fascinated about you being mentored by Mike Reuter and getting infused with that Reuterism principles. So do you think that even with your 30 years of experience that at this point in life, it is still important to have a mentor? 
Absolutely. Even even more so. And I would tell you, some of the mentors in my life started out as bosses, then became friends, and then still call them as mentors. And they'll you, and you know they're a mentor because you start to tell them what you're up to. As a natural conversation, they stop you and you start to finish your sentence. Okay, that's <laughs> not good for you. Or don't do this. Or maybe you want to try this. And they're, they're generally interested in how you're going to tackle the next thing. So it's not just giving advice, and then they turn to you, hey, what about this? Or what do you think about this? And, you, and you, so you have that true friendship. So, so you will cultivate mentors. You could be a middle school student playing basketball and you have a, a high school freshman who says, let me mentor you. That's great. All the way through your life, you should find people who care about you, want to listen to you, will give you an honest assessment. An honest assessment may make you feel bad, but you know they, they sort of love you and care about you, but they're going to tell you what you need to know. And they may not even be in your industry or be in your town, and nowadays you don't have to be even in the same country and you could talk to or just see each other, but they're going to say, eh, that doesn't fit you or that, that makes a lot of sense. And so, and I appreciate, you know, Mike and I met during my interview process, but I just like to call him and talk to him about stuff. And he can listen very well. And I'm a talker, as you can see. <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah. a, he's a listener, and then he'll say, what about this? Or how about that? And so, uh, and that helps you guys, because he'll, he'll tamper down some of the stuff that I might mm-hmm. want to think or say, but he also give me sort of a different perspective. So I love that. That's yeah, that's awesome. I think it really shows too, like, no matter how much experience you have, no matter what stage of your life, and we always kind of need a guiding figure. We're always like learning and growing too as individuals, which is really yeah. cool. Just um, remember when you watch tennis and golf, they have coaches. They have a couple yeah. of coaches. Why would they need a coach? They're the expert top of the They have coaches, and, and they pay them handsomely, and they switch coaches from time to time because they want that advice to help them to keep maintaining or go to the next level. Yeah, awesome. Great point. And then just going off of this, I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, how you're preparing students to get more involved in the evolving field and mentorship and all this stuff. And as a tour guide, I'm faced with a lot of like prospective institute students. So like I got into this program, what is it? How is it going to prepare me for my future career? And what would you say to a prospective student? What makes the institute really stand out? And how do you mm-hmm. think it is preparing our emerging leaders for their career path, regardless of what field, education, mm-hmm. nursing, such a wide range of schools? Yes. Whenever I mention what I'm doing at Seton Hall at the Pacino Leadership Institute to outside folks, they stop me before I can get into my spiel and say, mm-hmm. you're wrapping your curriculum around workforce competence, that's it. And they want to talk about the Gen Z population. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, thank you for doing this. Not even connected to Seton Hall, but thank mm-hmm. you. And the reason I say that is that there's always the old geezers like myself, oh, the <laughs> old time. But the reality is there, there's a lot of change of what our students today and who's coming up tomorrow will expect from the world. And there's just things that like changed somewhat monumentally. And again, COVID accelerated it. And I say that because what's important about the Institute to prospective students is that you'll get your discipline specific training, whether you're an English major or a nursing major who's you know in a licensing program and you're doing that, or a teachers who get licensed, they end up being licensed to be able to do their job as a professional. But there's that plus factor and that comes from Mike Reuter, that's his term. He always says for me to claim, but I'm gonna give him mm-hmm. a lot of his words I use is that plus factor is leadership. 
and what we're going to do in that training, which will make the difference when we've put you through conflict resolution, uh, how to be a leader in a team, how to be a follower in the team. How, I mean, I can go through different parts of the curriculum as we're really intentionally looking at and just say, what's that plus factor? And then make sure you, you, you experience it and you start to live it. And that's going to change. You'll get a job coming out of Seton Hall. I think 98% of our students are employed and so forth. And in other colleges, you eventually get employed. It's, is it the right job? Do you keep the job? Do you accelerate in that job? How do you move up to something else? How do you pivot? And these are the things that folks who are not going through what Pacino students are going through will just have to experience later in life. You guys are gonna get it now, and hopefully, again, that's that acceleration path. So that's that plus factor here. So we've been discussing your goals and plans for the Institute, but we just want an overall idea of what your goal for this position is and your mission statement going into this position. Sure. Well, so the, the mission was, well, don't break it, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, again, it was fine sitting in the Stillman School for a couple of decades. They had the forethought to bring it out to other students. But last year, they decided this year we did it, where the Bacino Institute, again, under the gracious benefactor Jerry Bacino and all the other help of the fo folks in the Shiji planning team said, let's take it all. Let's take the first, second, third, and fourth year in terms of what's happening, put that all within the Institute, invest in having four full-time employees versus one. And, and so that's what's happening now. My, my first goal was don't break it because there's been some really good stuff <laughs> happening. And then how do we take it to the next level? Right, and part of taking to the next level is refining this mission that says, yes, we're anchored in experiential learning, not lecturing folks. We want you guys to be able to do, and you can be doing it different ways, but we want you to accelerate in your career. It doesn't matter what that career is, and you can shift careers. I've shifted a, a couple of times, <laughs> and so, and that's okay, and you feel confident about that. And I think we had talked about what we would like a Pacino graduate to be, and we have a, a few different characteristics of that. And so, don't break it, but what do we need to do going forward? The other thing for this year is to create structures so we can make what we do repeatable and sustainable. Right? We don't have to replicate all the time. We can pull out from our curriculum and if someone leaves or we want to invite someone out to do pieces of what we do, we say, this is how we do crucible moments. So this is how we do a bunch of others that people bring us things all the time. They want to come to speak. And we're like, okay, how can we fit you in? But to be able to do that, you have to have some structure and pathway, which was around, and we're, I'm trying to solidify it a bit more so then we can adapt when we want to. So that's a big part of, of at least particularly this semester and, and over the summer, and then you'll get to see what comes out <laughs> for all our folks in, in, in the fall. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. I love the direction that these goals and passion you really have for this job. Just going on off of like, you know, what you want to do in the classroom with the students. How do you support leadership students as executive director inside and outside of the classroom? I started off teaching, that's in air quotes, you can see me putting <laughs> up our seniors. And part of that was getting to know them, you know, before they leave. I think we have about 40 seniors. I'm not doing that this semester. I'm focusing more on some of the structural things that need to be focused on. And we have Dean Elizabeth Halpin, who's taking over seniors and doing project work. And, you know, they got one, one and a half feet out the door, too. So 
part of it is, is it's shifting the teaching to another member of our team. And also, I'm going to try to visit the classrooms more, get to know folks a bit more. I, you know, I really didn't even know where to go on campus. Now I know where to go. But also, that back to that structuring and making things that are repeatable and sustainable, that's where my, my focus is. And then looking deep, I can spend time looking at a curriculum and say, we might want to do micro learning in this piece, and this might be more, there's something we can do more experiential to teach that, and then this might be a video lecture, but they take that at their own pace. So it's just playing around with that, and that still is going to take us another four or five months to be able to get that completed, but so that's where my focus is right now. Love how you're growing those interpersonal relationships and getting to know all of us. You seem like the type of person who radiates guidance and mentorship, and I believe that's a wonderful thing, and all your past experience, I'm sure that's been a very rewarding part of it. Is that the most rewarding part of being a director, or is there something else? No, so here's a secret. And, and you know, teachers all over the world and professors and so forth, we try to learn as much from you as we try to teach you. So I think what's rewarding is I learn from you folks. And we have such, particularly in the Piscina Institute, we have such diversity. I just met one of our students from Arkansas. We have one from America, Samoa, in, in our nursing program. The, thinks he's a junior. Obviously, a lot of folks from New Jersey and South Jersey. I'm from Queens, New York, and so this is as far south as I've really been, down on the Garden State Parkway. I mean, I've, I've been a little further south. I've been down in Atlantic City, but this is as far as I go because I'm sort of attached to the city of New York. So I, I learned from you guys just what you bring to the table, what you wish to do, and just try to figure out how can I help you, how can I connect you. So, I mean, that's the most rewarding. Where I've been to some other places that were not higher ed in the K-12 system, it was just rewarding to see students blossom. And, and then and I worked in you know some places that need to be turned around and the kids and not the most nicest areas of, of the world. And you just, you see some of that hardship out there and you just want to make sure, hey, I want to make today pleasant for you if you're running a school. You know, here's a little bit better, although folks still have hardships. <laughs> and I, I totally understand that and you guys are busy at work but interacting with you is sort of the best thing it's beautiful yeah no that's so awesome and I feel like it's just in general too like I know something I've learned in the institute is you never really know what someone's going through always Mm -hmm. like treat someone with kindness and also make sure to create other opportunities for yourself as well as others as a leader and like projects and all that kind of stuff which is really nice and then just calling like the contrapositive of that other question what has been the most challenging portion of your role as director and the biggest obstacle and hurdle you've really faced coming into this position and dealing with all these changes sure I have one of you at home. I have a, a son who's a junior in college. Mm-hmm. And so the hardest thing is trying to understand him and therefore you folks and <laughs> yeah. just how you act, what you want. I thought I had it growing <laughs> up from between zero and probably about 16, 17. So mm-hmm. I understood and Now I'm like, I don't understand you. <laughs> and so and so that's part of my you know, learning said, what really are you saying, right? And so, and we, you know, I just to be honest with something, I didn't, under, because I wasn't here last year, I didn't understand how big a change of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Just literally didn't. Then it, it took me a few months to, oh, that's what you mean, right? <laughs> and yeah. it, literally that happened in December. I said, oh, oh, okay. All right, got it, got it, got it. So here's what we need to be able to do. So I, that that's the challenge in, in try, trying to fit. So in the business world, it's trying to make sure our product fits what the market wants. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is, what do you guys want? And then let me tell you what I think you want. 
right? right. Because yeah. of just all the experience I've had and what true leadership development is and what it looks like. And many of you, if you're here, if you're a junior and senior, you've got it sort of four or five, six different ways because the colleges had it and what you might have done. And so now we have sort of one way at Seton Hall, how we're teaching leadership development to undergrads in the Pacino Institute, four-year scope and sequence, and we're still rolling that out and, and doing stuff for folks and trying to make sure that matches with what we know the leadership sciences and what workforce, what, what leaders in the workforce are doing and what you can do as students, you know, with only 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. That's awesome. I just kind of like really balancing that act and just making it more of a feasible but smooth transition is definitely really appreciable of the students. Definitely agree. And as students, we'd love to hear some advice that you would give to us or any leadership student. Just one awesome piece of advice we could really digest and use. So I'll give you a couple. One was told to me is, and you've heard it before, don't sweat the small stuff. Now, I may think a lot of the things that our students are dealing with, that's so small because there's a bigger stuff out there. Um, so I have to appreciate that. What is small to me is big to you, but still don't sweat it, right? And and there's plenty of people, not just in the Bacino Institute, but all over Seton, Seton Hall who are rooting for your success. So if you're going through something, you let us know, we'll work with you, don't sweat it too much because you can get stressed. You can get, I gotta find a job. I got, again, like I have one of you at home and your parents want you to get a job and they want you, as much as your mom may hug you and wanna cook for you, your mom or dad, so we, we do want you to move out eventually and, <laughs> yeah. and be on your yeah. own and, and, yeah. and, and, and let those wings fly. But with that said is, you know, take your time. College is the other thing people told me when I was in college is the best time of your life. Uh, for the most part, it, it, it is. You know, life can get better and it did. For me, enjoy yourself. Um, the last thing I would say, so this is the third thing, is you folks out there in Bacino land who are, <laughs> and I hope no one in the university punishes me for this, but your double, triple majors and the minor, you might want to take a class or two as just fun, <laughs> right? When else yeah. are you going to have time to, to do that? I took golf pass fail when I was at college and because I had like I had almost a 4-0 and I didn't want to ruin But I had fun doing it and I still now, you know, struggle uh, with playing golf, but I play, take a yoga class or take something that they just find is, you know, interesting expand your mind and I know you're, you're trying to get the minor credits in the major and double and you got your leadership on top of that but it, it's you know it's okay if you just got one major <laughs> yeah. right and of course yeah. your your whole from my perspective your whole world is about leadership mm -hmm. I'm smirking uh, I know there's no camera here but yeah. I'm drawing a face I'm smirking about that but we love that you're interested in leadership and we're going to try to do as much as we can for every single student who's in the Pacino program to make them fill out their you know live to the greatest potential yeah that's awesome i totally get that because i'm like double majoring now and just one of the piece my advisor also gave me recently was take a fun class take yoga take marketing i think there's mm -hmm. a team sports class there it's like gym class in middle school oh, wow. again so all that fun stuff too i think is definitely like a really important piece of advice mm -hmm. and to close off this interview with our final question what legacy do you you know dr brown want to leave on the institute and if a graduating student like this year is able to reflect on their time in the institute 10 years from now what do you want them to remember of their experiences. Oh, wow. 
one one like sort of visible legacy I would like to leave, and I'm what eight nine months here, mm-hmm. so I don't think I'm going anywhere soon. <laughs> but is is that I built on the structure of what the folks have built before me, right? So the Jack Shannons and Michael Reuters and Brian Price, and now myself, that the institute got better, more structured, and has a has a pathway, you know, has a curriculum that stands up through time. And the other thing is that we, I was able to bring people into the Pacino Institute from the advisory, the Pacino Advisory Council perspective, who you know, many have heard of Seton Hall, but never engaged with them. Now they're engaged with our students and themselves or their companies are still engaging you know, beyond my tenure here, which is what we have from Jack and, and Michael and, and Brian Price. So, yeah, the structured curriculum and the pathway that lives on and then folks who are engaging with the university who never really engaged with us before, engaging with our students, is important to be able to build that up. To, to do that, I have, there's things that I have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're working on now and throughout the next couple of years to, to put that together so I could look back. And, and for a student who, that was the end of your question, for a student who says, oh, I'm a graduate of the Pacino program, that one is the reaction who, to whomever they're speaking says, I've heard of that. It's a great program. That's number one. Number two, haven't heard of that. Tell me about that. Wow. And then they say, wow, I wish I had gone through that when I was in college. And I will take that as part of my legacy that a student, also that they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can, I can tell you, I hear students in their law school and med school interviews talk about their casino experience, which is fantastic. That's what we want. Other, you know, higher institutions, higher ed institutions to hear, what, the, what are they doing in Seton Hall? Never remind people out there, this is unique. You know, they're, they're, I've learned there's some programs that have majors, some minors in leadership. They do leadership a different way. A lot of them are in the schools of business. You know, I shared there. I was with some folks from Harvard University last night, actually a business school professor. So, and I haven't been in her class in 26 years. And I said, you know, Dr. Hill, she goes, I remember you. And we had a 20-minute conversation. And we were talking about leadership. And she's a foremost expert in leadership organizational behavior in this probably in the world but definitely in this nation for the past 30 years in her research and her work with organizations and she was interested in what we're doing but i won't tell you too much because there's there's some lead into what we might be doing next year too but i keep quiet but that that is i want our students just to have so, such reverence for seton hall and their time at the Pacino institute that they talk about it and they become a part of it as a, as alum and get their companies and organizations involved with us well, that is awesome. I'm so excited to see what comes through the Institute, all these fun changes. We'll have to have you on for another episode to see yes. the final progression. But I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It has been so awesome having you on our show today. Yeah. Great. You've been speaking from the heart. We love talking to you, and it's we really appreciate you coming onto the podcast with us, and we're excited to have you on again in the future. Thank you for inviting me. I love this. This is good. We can go for another hour. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> yes, of course. Watch out for the next episode. On behalf of everyone at the Pasita Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank the podcast team, 89.5 FM WSOU, for allowing us to use their facilities, and you for listening. Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership, on Instagram at Pasita Leaders, and on Twitter at SHU Leadership. At Seton Hall, we make leaders better.